Hello and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I'm your host, Audrey Wallace, and today's conversation is with Stephen Gamoff. He's part of our collective ministry here at Grace Church, and he makes a really sweet invitation for us to look to the people hiding in the corner. And throughout his story, it's so wonderful to hear the smile in his voice. If you know what I mean when I say that, you can hear his smile in his voice and you just hear how he went from someone, as he said, not someone people would choose to someone knowing that he is chosen and loved by God eternally. Enjoy Stephen's story here. Hey, Stephen. Hello, hello. Welcome to Unscripted. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So glad you're here. Well, we've never met before, so this is true. This is truly unscripted. It really is. And, this is very and true. unknown. <laughs> I love I love the unknown. Let's go. So, um, tell me your origin story. Where did you grow up, and where do you come from? Where do you go? Yeah. So I um I'm a pretty local family. So uh, my last name I didn't know this has actually a lot of like heritage at Copley. So, oh. Um, the Gamoff name, there's like a like a kind of corner hardware store um, that's around Copley Circle, which is the main area around here uh-huh. in Copley. And so I grew up with a very uh, interesting, uh, every single tidbit of me getting my name read on the first day of school was like, is that, are you the hardware store family? Is that you guys? <laughs> uh, so I grew up with, with a lot of that mm-hmm. and uh, a wonderful family of four, my mom, my dad, and uh, my sister, who's eight years older than me. Mm. Okay. Uh, so kind of grew up in a home that uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it wasn't Christian, Okay. Uh, but we celebrated Christmas because we got gifts and yeah. Easter because the Easter bunny came mm-hmm. and that was really it. There was no explanation in of, between. Okay. yeah, there was nothing really that was kind of added on to that that would involve the actual reasons why we celebrate those events. Right. Not opposed to God or anything against, but nothing for. Exactly. Okay. And uh, we didn't really go to church on Sunday ever. Um, Even like during the Christmas and Easter season, we kind of just took it as a Sunday off. I got it off of school. It was Mm a nice little break to Mm -hmm. have. Uh, So I really had, I'd grown up never really going to church until Mm. uh, maybe a couple of times with my friends from high school would invite me over for a lock-in Mm -hmm. type of deal on Mm -hmm. New Year's Day and uh, some fun stuff. But I had never like heard anything involving Jesus until I was about 17 years old. Wow. Uh, So like we had this little children's Bible uh, that the only story that I actually enjoyed reading out of it was Moses and the Burning Bush because my dad had this hilarious voice for the talking of the burning bush. <laughs> so every single night, this man would read the story to me when I'm like four or five years old. And that's, it, I have no idea why a burning bush is talking to me. Yeah, yeah. Zero clue. But it's my dad, and he sounds really funny. So I'm it's laughing. It's cartoony. It's, you know, oh, yeah. just silly. It's, it's the whole nine yards. So mm-hmm. we, we love it. He's selling it up every mm-hmm. single time. But uh, legitimately never heard, like, Jesus loves you, mm-hmm. Jesus cares about you, mm-hmm. any of these things, really until I was about 17 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, and so leading into high school and stuff, I always tell people, like, I look like a nerd. I act like a nerd. I talk like a nerd. I'll say my little own it. Stevenisms. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a nerd. Like, I, I, you know, I'm a full-blown nerd at heart. Uh, love my video games. Love my, love my movie nerdness and stuff yeah. like that. So um, when you get into middle school and high school, nerds are generally not looked at to be the most social bunch of them mm-hmm. all. And so... Uh, dealt with a lot of that kind of going through okay. middle school and high school of not really being accepted, not mm. really being 
somebody that people would choose mm-hmm. to want to hang out with, want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bullying came into effect there too. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, what kind of led to this mostly was that I, I made this really good core group of friends in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the three things that I could have got in the back of my Letterman's jacket would have been theater, choir, and bowling. Whoa. So let me tell you what I Trifecta. should never get <laughs> on the back. If I want to walk through the halls alive and mm-hmm. make it through a day of school and not get beat up, I probably should not get a Letterman's jacket and wear that around the uh, hallways call. of Copley High School. But um, So in those groups, though, you kind of meet some people who were also like you mm-hmm. and also had some nerdness to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this group of, of friends I made, they were upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. They were really genuinely awesome people. Didn't know Jesus, but they just, they cared that mm-hmm. you like what I like. Mm-hmm. You're not half bad at it either. Yeah. Even if you're a sophomore at the time and we're seniors, I, let's hang out. Yeah. Like, let's enjoy. There's a bond there, a common, commonality. Yeah. Common ground. And so we, uh, we, we do musicals and stuff together. We'd mm-hmm. be in choir together. We, we do all these things. And next thing we know, we're hanging out like after school over things. I'm just like, there's this core group of people that, actually are finally showing me mm. that I have a place and I have a, I have a reason to come to yeah. school every single day and I have a Chosen, reason to wake up. accepted, drawn in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And kind of what uh, stewed during all of that, though, is that obviously they have to leave and go to college, which mm. sucks, by the way, yeah. which is one of the worst things ever that could happen uh. to me. So these guys leave, and I kind of found this repetitive process of making friends with the people who are older than me mm. Here comes summer, enjoy the last mm-hmm. like hurrah together, and then they're off mm-hmm. and they're doing college stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm still stuck in this stupid little high school yeah. is what I thought. Yeah. Um, so junior year kind of sets in and stuff. And um, it was it was a really enjoyable time for me because that was probably the closest in age that I was, closest in connection that I could be with all those upperclassmen. So it hurt the most when they left, but mm-hmm. it also was one of the most enjoyable times was right. right there during that summer. That absolute privilege of that friendship, but the pain and those things coming together yeah. to be, you know, it hurts yeah. so good. Oh, it's so good, but it's so, it, <laughs> yes. it, it stinks too at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so it, it just falls into this big, like, I'm so sick and tired of this mm. happening over and over again. It feels like I'm finally making friends. Mm. I'm finally making connections with all these people. I feel like I fit in finally. Mm-hmm. I found my place. And every single time these people just, like, leave. Mm. Why does this life thing have to suck this much? Mm. Like, this is this is so sad. Uh, fell into a pretty, like, depressive state going uh, out of my junior into my senior, yeah. that summer time frame. Um, and for anyone who understands Snapchat or Instagram, you'll understand exactly what I'm about to say is one of the most cringe things you could do. Okay. I was the kid that would post how sad I was on my Instagram and Snapchat just to get attention. Okay. Everybody's like, I. it's one of those like pity. It's like the we last card that's yeah. being played. Everyone knows it. But it was a genuine yeah. pain for you. It was. A, a cry, I'll, cry, I'll cry for help, I'm guessing. Yeah, in, absolutely. In and this day of technological age. Yeah, and it was it was one of those times where the only thing that I wanted to see was someone responded to it, yeah. you know, and, and reached out. And so all these people are seeing it. Hundreds of people are seeing these messages. And I'm thinking in the back of my brain, like, someone's got to reach out. Someone's got to reach mm-hmm. out. Well, one of the people from the friend group that I had that mm-hmm. that whole entire year um, reached out and swiped up on my story and was like, hey, like, are you okay? And, mm. you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm fine. I'll tough it out type mm. of deal. 
secretly deep down, I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody finally, please, please, somebody please did this. Fill the hole, fill the hole. Yes. And so I'm like begging, I'm like, keep this going, keep mm-hmm. this going. And so she says, well, I'm so sorry to hear that you're like, like going through all this stuff and everything. I'm praying for you. Mm. And never once have I heard this in a serious matter that I took a little bit closer to home. Mm. And this was the first time I did that. And mm-hmm. so I was very blown away by this. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. You know, well, what is prayer actually going to do here about this? Yeah. And she takes a time, her name was Reese. she takes a time for 30, 45 minutes, an hour. And this is at like midnight, 1 a.m. to just walk me through every single time. I'm like, no, that's not true. She's like, well, let me tell you why it's true. And yeah. starts to lay out some like small little like, it's like you're kind of like leading a dog with treats almost. Mm-hmm. It's like she's she's placing these little tiny nuggets of truth of the gospel message that at my point of view, I'm completely oblivious to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way that this is actually true what she's saying. She's saying things like, well, prayer actually does work because you have a God that cares about you mm-hmm. and he loves you and he cares about you. And these are things like completely new to me. And I just keep saying, no, they're not. That's not true. This isn't the character of God. Like, this is this can't be real mm-hmm. type of thing. Everyone's failed me in the past. This can't work. Yeah. And we keep this kind of going and going. And she's like, you know what? You should come to church with me. I, I think it'd be a great thing. And I'm like, okay. Um, I never want to walk into a church building. Really? Because it is one of the most scariest things in the whole entire world for me at this, this time. This is shocking sitting across from you and seeing the smile on your face yeah. inside of a church to it, hear that this is oh, how it started. The 180 is, is a little wild now that I think about it. Wow. But uh, yeah, so I'm like, because this is local enough to Copley High School where all the people that would go to church that are kind of in that like, hey, I'm going to the cool church, not mm. a grandma's church type of deal. Mm. Grace is the option. Mm. And so she's like, I go to Grace, you should come with me this Sunday. And so I say, well, you know, ask my parents type of deal. I'm still 17. Mopey, so I'm, mopey. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'm trying to come up with the excuse mm-hmm. and find it. I found some really bad ones. Like, I got to clean my room mm-hmm. was one of my Ooh, excuses. Ouch, no. Um, I actually doubled up. I said my mom wouldn't let me. I couldn't mm-hmm. clean my room. And then my mom wouldn't let me because I cleaned my room. I got three weeks out of it. I'm not even joking. Wow. I was a terrible friend of the, to, to poor Reese. Um, couple weeks pass after this whole entire thing happens and I get this second little seed uh, my friend Aaron is just talking with me casually he's a friend that childhood friend that I've had for double digit years at this point like we super tight super close he tells me hey one of your friends from your theater class Jordan is gonna get baptized hmm. I'm like oh okay that's sick I love Jordan I could care less about what's happening with this baptism but I care enough about Jordan okay I want to go see it. To show up and guess where it's at. And guess where it's at. Uh-huh. Grace Church. Nuh-uh. And so I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so I'm like, okay. Well, we can't, we obviously can't dodge this at this point, because I've yeah. already said how excited I am about it. Right. Fine, I'll go. You have to pick me up. You have to do all these things. I'm like trying to You're give make every, every reason. Trip wires just like laid out in front of them. I, and you know, I, it's not that I was ever against a religion or church or anything like that. It's just this is so scary for me. I don't mm. want to walk into this big church with all these people that I know from high school. Like that's scary. the last thing I want. That's an interesting word. It's scary to me. And all of these emotions are running through my head, but I'm like, I just committed to this. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. I've got to go through with this. So he picks me up. We come to a Sunday service. It's an 11 o'clock service. At the time, it was 1045. Mm-hmm. For some of the OG grace mm-hmm. people, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Sunday, mm-hmm. 1045. We walk in the doors, and instantly I see how big it is. I see the lobby space before we added everything else. Mm-hmm. It was, 
I'm like, this is huge. And the first thing that I see when I walk in is like a group of two girls that I knew from high school. And they, they're like, whoa, you're here? <laughs> like in a not judgmental way, but mm-hmm. they're also like completely shocked. Mm-hmm. And they ask me, you go here? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just here for I'm the baptism. I'm presently here. I'll see I myself into here. that auditorium. And so we walk into the, uh, to the auditorium and stuff like that. And of course, he's like, oh, you want to get like a front row seat, don't you? Because you want to see this happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you, no, I don't. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you do. And so we sit like in the wing a couple rows mm-hmm. back. Um, we're, we're right there at the time. And the music starts. And my brain, when the music, music. starts, is blown away that this was church at the time. Okay. Because we have guitars and a drum kit. Yeah. And vocalists who are singing riffs and we're like i'm blown away at this time because you're into music that's your love it that's your love language love music from musicals and choir so i'm like this is this is kind of cool this is also a lot yeah because this is not church stand up sit down there's some lights and yeah there's things (laughs) happening and so i'm going on and on i'm like okay that was really freaky like that just happened and out steps up pastor uh, ryan roadman at the mm-hmm. time. So he's coming out. They play a video about baptism. They explain it. He comes out. He explains what baptism is. Um, it's like the outward expression of an inward commitment that this mm-hmm. person's made with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, that's a pretty big deal, it sounds like. Yeah. like this, is, this is really what this is? And I'm like, okay. And his testimony video plays. Mm. And he talks about having all this loss in his family, his mm. grief through that, mm-hmm. and all a bunch of other details that I'm sitting back here in my seat and I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. The depth of the The, story. The intensity. You can hear and just his testimony. And just Mm -hmm. knowing Jordan as a friend of a friend of my friend Aaron, you knew that he carried this weight with him, Mm. this baggage Mm -hmm. of being in a home without a parent, Mm. with only having one parent, I should Mm -hmm. say. And there's all these things I'm just like, this man, I can can see all the weight Mm in his story through his life that I've lived mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. And then he gives the hope of Jesus Ooh, and how on. this has saved him from all of this grief, has given yeah. him relief from this peace. It didn't stop those things from happening, but with even in the presence of them. Exactly. Added light. And he says, that's why I'm doing this. Wow. And he gets baptized. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like whether or not I believe any of this, this, this stuff that's yeah. going on, that's incredibly powerful. And that's his truth. Like that's his actual life experience. And you, you can never deny it. Yeah. It, it. It was how it was. And I kind of just got to the end of it and I was like, oh my gosh, that was a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And out steps Pastor Jeff mm-hmm. for his sermon. I'll never forget it. It was one of the last weeks of the most interesting man in the world series. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're walking through disciple story and, and it's, it's almost like you, you get that sermon there. He's talking right, right at, at you. Ya. The only person in the room, all that good stuff mm-hmm. comes up, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I am locked in. I never thought I'd be locked into a pastor before, mm. a preacher, and I am zero focused in. I, there's, n- there's nothing that could yeah. interrupt us at all. And he says these truths like, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, yeah. Jesus is there for you. He yes. loves you. He died on a cross for you. And all of these things that you hear little snippets about of like just looking like, oh, this is what Christians believe type mm-hmm. of deal. Okay, cool. It's all connecting together in my brain. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, I'm seeing this picture play out of what Jesus actually did for me and how he cares for me. Wow. I have never heard this before. It's completely naive to this message. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm standing there in my seat, and I'm just like completely blown away by this. We're praying, and I'm like, yeah, if there's, if there's a God out there, like I'm going to close my eyes, I'm going to pray now, because this is, this is the moment. Yeah. And I'm just feeling like this idea of you're telling me I don't have to be upset about approval, mm. about my lack of approval, about my lack of fitting in, about mm-hmm. all of my trauma and my past from a, a bunch of stuff with bullying and a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff. Like, you're telling me I don't have to worry about that, that there's a guy that cares about me way more than that. And it all kind of clicked, and we we went to the song Reckless Love afterwards, mm-hmm. which then settled it for me of, like, there's nothing that God is going to not do to get a hold of you. And in that moment, I, I just start, like, crying. And my poor friend Aaron is probably saying, like, why is this, like, why is my friend just, like, bawling his eyes out here in the seat next to me? Oh, but, like, he knew. He knew why. <laughs> and I, I went to, to lunch with him afterwards yeah. at Olive Garden with Jordan and with Aaron and with an, another one of his mentors, and... I just remember telling him, like, I'm coming back next week. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back next week. Like, I, I need to hear more mm-hmm. of this. I'm coming back next week. Mm-hmm. And slowly and surely throughout, like, the next couple of weeks, like, I hear more messages and I give my life to Christ through that and see the radical change of I would have come in here shaking, quivering, thinking about how everyone's going to think of me, view me, and mm-hmm. now I'm able to walk into this knowing that none of that matters because mm-hmm. Jesus is saying you're my son, and that's mm-hmm. all that matters. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. You're my son. Wow. And so going home with that was a whole entire thing, telling my mom and my dad, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus now. They're like, You verbalized what? that. You, you <laughs> prioritized telling them and expressing that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. How, and share more about that as you're comfortable. Yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely very interesting walking into a room with my, – my parents are um, – they're, they're now in their 60s. Um, so the the – age range they had me very late mm-hmm. in their in their um lives and stuff so it's very intimidating walking into your father and s- mm. who's at the time 60 years old yeah. and saying hey so i know how like life has gone for you so far and i know mm-hmm. how life has gone from you so far here's actually what i believe tr- like the true life to live looks mm. like wow and he's sitting there like but i have 60 years of life and my exactly. mom's like but i have 60 years yeah. like I, we've done this Stephen. like i get this and even to this day, it, it's one of the biggest ministries that I have, mm. one of the biggest challenges that I have at mm-hmm. the same time is walking in that environment and saying, here's the life I'm living. And the biggest hopes that you have and the biggest prayers Absolutely. that you have. And Not a day goes by that I don't pray for them. Yeah. And it's the, it's the principle of understanding that I'm constantly on mission there, mm-hmm. constantly trying to to fight the, as many battles as I can. Mm-hmm. And I can only, you know, human beings can only do so much. Mm-hmm. But the constant, it feels like spiritual warfare sure. to get them to see the light and the hope of Jesus that yeah. I saw five years ago when right. I walked in this church for the first time. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. good battle. It's That's a good battle to fight. Just showing the love that you've experienced. And I can understand how that would be. Um, battle's an interesting word there because there is the spiritual battle element, but you are relentless for them, for their Mm. hearts, which is beautiful to see in a son. Um, So as you came to these wildly fast revelations and like beautifully mature understandings, um, what did you, what did you do? What did you dive into? How did that change your life? Yeah. So instantly I get plugged into Merge, which is our uh, student ministry, youth ministry mm-hmm. here at our church, and it got to know Pastor Todd and mm-hmm. got to know all these friends that I have today. 
Um, the closest brothers that I have are people that I met back then. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're walking through, journeying through. I'm like, anything and everything, let me do it. Right. Like, I don't saturate. care. saturate. Like, just, I would live at this church if they had <laughs> a bed. Like, it, like I'm, I'm locked in here. Yeah. I'm, I need to be here. Um, and you get all these opportunities. So I did, like, sports camps, our summer sports mm-hmm. camps over there. I, I went to Momentum. Mm-hmm. I did all these big things that everyone was doing. Um Part of it was because I'm just on this Jesus high, yeah. but part of it is like we're doing all this together. Right, and you literally need to seek information and knowledge and oh make up gosh, for lost yes. time and grow in understanding and depth of yes. the knowledge of God. Oh man, it, and so just just journeying through all of that, like it, it was really cool to see. Even nowadays, like um, when I was at sports camps, I was able to like teach the devotionals. Most crazy thing you could ever do, bless Isaac Bogue's heart, craziest thing you could ever do is put a fresh Christian into a place where you're going to teach about Bible stories that you've never heard of for the 17 years of your life. I got Moses in the burning bush down. <laughs> Solid, though. Let me tell you. I've got that one on lock. You got the voice. You, you oh, do I've got it everything. like it's, it's incredible. I've never told a better story in that devotion room in my life. But it, the crazy thing to just, it feels like I had so many of those things thrown my way. Um lead a conversation in your student life group, mm-hmm. uh, go lead the devotions at sports camps. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now you're getting out of the environment of high school. Now we're going to go into college. So you're going to Akron. Okay. What can you s- talk about in classes with mm-hmm. your classmates now at Akron? And there's all these things where you're like, you're starting to see when I jumped into everything, there's like a very real outpour now that I can see in my life from just going headstrong and everything that I did that first year or two. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it truly gave me, it felt like 17 years of knowledge and wisdom mm-hmm. in two years of just trying my best to be as humble as I can mm-hmm. and taking as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a really awesome experience to do that. So if I can ask, if that's how you poured out, what did you do to fill your own cup? Like the doing and then the yeah. being. What does that, that private life and yeah. that knowing look like? It, um... So it was it was a rocky patch, I feel like, first year of college, of the uh, filling up, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's very easy, i found, to, especially if you're a volunteer at a church with a vision um, as lovable mm-hmm. as Grace does with the Great Commission and everything, mm-hmm. to pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out, do all these events, do all yeah. these things, and never really see yourself... Uh, refreshing yourself in the presence of the Lord on your own. Right, right. Silence, rest, solitude. And so I think that for the first year of college or so, um, there was probably minimal of that at best. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's giving it the benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I think that um, reading my Bible once a week Mm -hmm. was where I was at. Prayer was was when I felt like I needed it. You needed something, asking. And you, you get into the... It was, I didn't really dive into like the college party lifestyle. It was mm-hmm. more just the college work life. Mm-hmm. It's like you're doing school. I worked on the side mm-hmm. um, at Target for a little bit as well. So I've got like this balance plus homework balance. Mm-hmm. Plus I want to still be as involved as I can mm-hmm. at the church. And you're like, yep, I show up on Sundays and yeah. I help out at Merge feed, a little bit. Feed at the trough and go back to the grind. That's it. And mm-hmm. it, it showed. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really felt the weight of that year, mm-hmm. um, I think, a lot on my personal walk with Jesus mm-hmm. when no one was watching. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I think that uh, what actually, it's really funny, the thing that got me back into uh, a ministry, so our college ministry here, Collective, 
super big, going off right now. It's mm-hmm. incredible, incredible. Um, I, the pastor of the ministry, not the pastor at the time, but the pastor now, Josiah, mm-hmm. Josiah Bogue, was meeting up with one of my friends now, John Bowen, at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. And he had kind of known, like, Stephen's kind of just going to Sunday services. Mm. He probably should be coming to Collective and isn't. Mm-hmm. And so I see him. He's like, oh, my gosh. Like, Stephen, it's so good to see you. I'm best friends with his younger brother, Isaac, like one of my closest friends. So yeah. he knows me. Yeah. I was over at their house way too much playing Super Smash Brothers for way too late most nights. He knows me. And so this is like, hey, Josiah, how you doing, man? <laughs> like, great to see you type of deal. And they're talking about stuff. And he's like, you should, you know, why are you, are you coming to Collective, stuff like that? And I'm like, no, I, I don't really think it's my vibe. I don't think it's Ooh, fitting my vibe. Interesting. I think that uh, I think that collective, which at the time was much smaller than it is now, and so everybody knew everybody. I was like, oh, it's clicky. It's you know, we having some triggers a, back to that high school experience. Exactly, and it actually, I think it all culminated right there. Exactly what you said mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, Stephen, you're losing that mm-hmm. personal remembrance as to why you did this in the first mm-hmm. place. Like, the whole entire reason you accepted Jesus back then. You're two years after this now. You're you're done with your freshman year of of college, and you're back to the same exact opinions mm-hmm. that you thought of. You're, mm-hmm. It's too clicky. Same like what fears, are you saying? Type of deal. The same fears. The same. That's what's called a stronghold, right? Exactly. It's what Satan knows that he can say. Guess what? Psst, you're not chosen here. Mm-hmm. You're not accepted. Exactly. And there's. I'm so thankful. This is probably one of the most um, reflecting on it. One of the most impactful points in my like faith as I've been journeying since I've accepted him mm-hmm. is just, I was like, okay, well, like I totally get that. Uh, so surprise, we're actually looking for a new leader of like the first impressions hospitality team. Hmm. So you could be the one to change that. Oh, come on, Josiah. And I was like, what? <laughs> and John sitting across from him was the old, uh, hospitality leader mm-hmm. at the time. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I don't know where I'm going in the next summer. Like mm-hmm. I could be going, to another country for those summers, spending and doing missions. I could be school. I could be, I, I'm not going to have the time, dude. Mm-hmm. We need somebody. We've we been praying you, about this oh, wow. for so long. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like there, there's no way that he just offered this. And so I said, all right, you know what? I'll check out collective and yeah. then I'll give you an answer. Baby steps. Yeah. We'll get there. Keep right? the commitment light. Just like the Keep baptism. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I might have to clean my room. We'll see. I had to clean my room. You know, and my mom's going <laughs> to not make me come to collective because I have to clean my room. Cause you're now like 19 um, years old. Exactly. Still depending on that. Exactly. Uh, so there's, there's a reality of it that I'm like, ah, oh, crap, here we go again. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I kind of blew it off for a little bit at the time, me and Isaac and our other friend river, um, we had a podcast of our own, actually, which is kind of crazy oh, that yeah? we're here. Full circle. Uh, yeah, we did it for a couple years and stuff, and we were going to start it that first week um, in like a November type of deal. We were going to kick it off. It was going to be great. We wanted everybody to listen to our first episode. Mm-hmm. So Isaac has this great idea. He's like, we should promote it at Collective. Mm-hmm. And it's small enough to where like everybody knows everybody, so this isn't going to be like weird. There's, it's like It'll be great. And I'm like, okay. I probably should go if I'm going to be one of the people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, he's like, yeah, I probably mm-hmm. should. Like, okay. So it's at Montrose. Uh, we're right out of COVID, which is like weird to think that like that was a thing. So we're all wearing masks, mm-hmm. all these different things we got to do. So we're we walking to collective for the first time. It's like 40 people, maybe super. Uh, it gave the same vibe as merge, but it was 
it was super small. It was mm-hmm. not as big as Merge. No, no hiding room there. And people are older than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And I guess here we go. But I go there and I realize slowly throughout the whole entire course of the night, they actually, they don't take themselves super seriously at all. Okay. The only thing they're taking seriously is the message mm-hmm. and the gospel presentation of Jesus. And the way that Josiah spoke that night about just, I mean, I could, I, it, was, it was very, very fresh and new on the perspective of how he talked about Jesus. Mm. And so I was like, hold on a second. What if in theory we did stay here for a little bit yeah, and just yeah. camp out? And I met a bunch of people then, some new people that now I'm like super long, good best friends with and stuff. And so I'm like, all right, you know what, Josiah, I'll do it. I'll start it off. Hospitality. Hospitality. Okay. Here we go. And man, did I realize very quickly that my heart was so set on that, like making the new person feel welcome. Right. Because I was that person. Yeah. That never felt welcome into that ministry. And so I stepped in and said, we're going to make this a place where everybody feels welcome. Mm-hmm. So I gather my team together, and over the next like year, year and a half, I develop um, that environment. I should say I continue the progression sure. that has already been there. Sure. But uh, it was one of the most joy-filled times. And seeing where collectives at now and stuff is just – to think it went from like 40 people to now we're almost at 250 people on a wow. Thursday night. Uh, Thursday nights at seven o'clock, by the way, here at the Gem Building. Just in case anybody, selfish plug there, I had to do yeah. it. I'm sorry. 18 to 28 ish, I hear. 18 to 28 ish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're anywhere in that range, and even if you're older than that, we people bring in somebody 30, with you that's within that range. Yeah. It's, it's a party, it's a great time. And that's awesome. Awesome message. So, yeah, seeing all that kind of play out, it, it reignited and rekindled that mm-hmm. faith because it, all of a sudden it made me realize that there's people out there just like me who feel just like me, the only person who is going to relate to those people is me. Mm. So let's go for it. And Mm -hmm. then you find out, wait, there's 15 other people that also want Mm -hmm. to relate to those people with you. And you're like, we got to go for that. And all of a sudden, it's just this community of, now I'm finding that we're talking about these principles. I'm being fed this incredible life of prayer, incredible life of of reading scripture, Mm -hmm. incredible life of seeking and saving the lost and trying my best to get them to the foot of the cross so they can look up and see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely blown away by that. And I haven't looked back since. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible. And all those people with their unique gifts, because they're not all the same as you. Oh my, yes. And you have such an interesting personality type for the hospitality lead. <laughs> First impressions, we call that. Like yep. for the person who maybe wants to be hiding against the wall mm-hmm. and not sitting in the front row and leading first impressions. But the team and the giftedness and you know i like to think of it like like god is whole he mm. is he has all of it right all the gifts all the perfection and then he gifts us with bits and pieces like a whole bunch of one or a little bit of seven or whatever those gifts mm-hmm. are but none of us have all all of it the way he does so together yeah. we get to reflect him perfectly the way that he is but we we need that we need one another to do that and to serve and be served and it sounds like you got to utilize those gifts, oh, that man. collective, for it, the, the good of all. To look at it now, which this is like, this is super hindsight moment, you know, yeah. for me, which is kind of crazy for me to think about. But uh, three years ago to think that God, believe it or not, guys, God knew what he was doing what? when he placed all the little puzzle pieces together. He wasn't surprised. He wasn't surprised. Oh, like, fascinating. To look, to look back <laughs> on it, though, it, it, it gives me that gratitude to realize how incredibly big the body of Christ is mm-hmm. 
we would not have gotten there without every single one of those gifts. He's mm-hmm. given us all the gifts that we need. Mm-hmm. And to see where it's gotten to now, looking back on those 40, 50 people at Montrose mm-hmm. three years ago, is it, it shows you the incredible, awe-inspiring nature mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. There's no other way to deny it. We could not have done he that. he wants, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so where are you at now? What are your hopes? What are your visions for the future? What do you... Yeah. What do you see? Man, that's a that's a great question. No, uh, <laughs> I think that um, right now I'm, I'm studying at Akron U. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, studying education, AYA Integrated Social Studies, which is a fancy way to say a high school history teacher. All right. Um, so really, really excited. I feel like even through a little bit of those sports camp uh, devotional mm-hmm. kind of classroom settings, uh, being able to teach on the weekends at our Power Kids ministry, our, mm-hmm. our kids ministry, um, seeing all of that and those opportunities that I got and the, the way the Lord used me in those settings, um, I really think gave me a passion that is undeniable for like the youth of our nation mm-hmm. and being able to pour a little bit of light into places where I can think of mm-hmm. where I was the most lost, right? the most mm-hmm. confused about my identity. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's a full-blown attack. attack in that environment. Yeah. It, it, that is the breeding ground for insecurity mm-hmm. when it comes to your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things happening at once that you're not used to, mm-hmm. and to be a light in that, in that I, I don't think I could do anything else with my mm-hmm. life. So pursuing that right now, mm-hmm. we're super close to getting done with it. It's like it's right on the horizon. We're like about to student teach, which is crazy. Whoa! Yeah. Final stretch. Final final stretch, which final is stretch. crazy. Do you have your sights on a school that you're like, this is the one? Yeah, I'd love to go back to Copley. Really, I'd love to go back to Copley. Keeping the Gamoff name going. Oh, I'd love to go back. Oh to my Copley. gosh! I, 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 this the senior year that I had mm-hmm. was one of the best years okay. I could have asked for it when was I was eighteen. Yeah, like it, it went from no hope to all the hope I could ever have, mm-hmm. and leaving on that note, I think really left a positive mm-hmm. image in my brain yeah, when that, I think about that, that tie, that connection point is yeah. a, a light. Yeah, and so to. To think about the possibility of going back there, mm-hmm. uh, it 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 just gives me so much joy. Let's start praying for that, man. Yeah, man, it, it is it is so crazy to think that I could be back there, but um, I plan on staying local. Yeah, wherever I go, kind of with that, and yeah. uh, I I have a heart for uh, I'm kind of served with merge right now with mm-hmm. our student ministry a lot. Seeing and hearing those stories of all those high schoolers that walk in those doors. Mm-hmm reminds me every day why I want to be a teacher mm-hmm. because it's like this is this is why I'm here. It's a pathway. Yeah. And with the draw with music, it, has that become part of your your life with worship? Is that part of your your Yeah, work so I uh, serve as one of the worship leaders at Collective mm-hmm. and one of the Montrose worship leaders uh, for it's kind of like our sister location almost mm-hmm. in a sense here to our Bath campus. Mm-hmm. So um, man, I have a an incredible time doing that. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a big fulfillment for me. Uh, another one of those redeemed moments for me, I think a lot of uh, time I put into it in high school mm-hmm. and a lot of joy that I had through that that was honestly selfish joy because it's about myself. Before you'd ever even heard the love of Jesus. Before I'd even known about all this. I loved doing this, mm-hmm. but it was about me. Mm-hmm. And it was about how can Stephen look? The how showmanship. Can, mm-hmm. You know, how well can I sing this mm-hmm. verse to this part of this musical? And can I be the guy that's dancing in front of everybody mm-hmm. and saying his funny lines, the coolest and stuff? Mm. But now it's like, what's on your heart that you want to share with Collective? Mm-hmm. 
what is it that you can do to it's the prayer between the songs yeah, exactly and it's the it's it's not about me and it's a challenge because mm-hmm. I'll catch myself sure. every once in sure. a while and you're like why why are you caring mm-hmm. so much about this type of deal and it is some of the biggest joys that I have is playing a weekend mm-hmm. at Montrose or mm-hmm. playing a Thursday night at Collective um so yeah, it's something that I really, really enjoy mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for like every single opportunity that I get every time I'm always like leaving there with a big smile on my face mm-hmm. of like, it's not about you and my goodness you glorify it. We, we praise Jesus mm-hmm. during this time. Mm-hmm. What else could I ask for? Yeah. You know? That's amazing. Yeah. So in summary here, you know, if you were just to talk to our audience and say, I just want you to know this, yeah. what would you what would you like to share? There are uh, hundreds, thousands of people out there that are really, really good at hiding in the corner. Mm. Jesus has convicted every single one of us that those are the people who we need to reach as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to fly under the radar for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And the craziness of probably most people who are listening to this mm-hmm. is you'll encounter hundreds of people in a day possibly if you are at your work um, if you're at school you're encountering thousands of people that you're passing by on campus every day and constantly my brain just thinks about how many people can fly under the radar in a day mm-hmm. and then I'll stop and talk to that person at my work or I'll actually go talk to the kid that's hiding in the back corner Mm -hmm. in my class that's just sitting there on his laptop probably playing a game Mm -hmm. probably not paying attention to the class Mm -hmm. and just asking the question how are you can go so Mm -hmm. long Mm -hmm. so so long Mm -hmm. and I think that when I realized that Jesus sees those people just the same as Jesus sees the people in the spotlight my heart breaks every day for them Mm -hmm. And I think that's a calling that I've realized everybody has mm-hmm. is of all nations, mm-hmm. of every tongue, of every tribe, mm-hmm. go and make disciples and teaching them every single thing that I have taught you. Like I can't think of if I was here today without everything that I have learned from other people walking alongside of me mm-hmm. when I still wanted to go high in the corner. Mm-hmm. If I didn't walk in and Josiah said, I'm actually going to want you to do that mm-hmm. instead of anybody else that could have had that job. I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to lead that part. He saw me hiding in the corner and wanted to run mm-hmm. away. And he's like, I don't think that we should do that. Mm-hmm. L- seek the people who are hiding in the corner. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I love that. I feel challenged myself to do that too. So thank you. And, you know, if you're listening here, if there's anything within Stephen's story that you feel connected to, or you want to reach out to Grace, you want to just show up at Collective, uh, we'd love to, to connect with you more deeply. And hopefully his story here has moved you closer to Jesus. Thanks. Thank you.